Rams and Saints combined for 80. Is defense still really a thing in the NFL? It's the cipher. With the addition of the rule changes, as the years go on, offense has become the king. And you weren't disappointed if you saw the Saints versus the Rams. 45 to 35. The two quarterbacks combined for over 700 yards passing, seven touchdowns between them. There was a receiver, Michael Thomas of the Saints, who had over 211 yards receiving on 12 catches. Brandon Cooks of the Rams had over 100 yards as well. I'm a fan of entertaining, exciting football. I think most are. But I do miss some of the physicality that used to be part of the NFL. I think that's something that's lacking. I think that more times than not, defenders are on their heels because they don't know how to attack ball carriers or receivers because of the rules. Now, going forward, I wish the NFL would find some kind of balance. I'm not saying bring back all the rules from the past, but I would at least like to see them balance the battlefield and give defenders a chance. When I look at the Patriots, 7-2, and it's not a shock that they beat Green Bay. They're just a better team. They've got the best coach. They still got one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. No disrespect to Aaron Rodgers, who's a great quarterback and might be the most talented quarterback to ever play the position. But by default, being the most talented doesn't make you the best. And I know you could say that Rodgers doesn't have enough talent on the outside. I would agree with that. They have no one that can take the top off a defense. And they don't have anyone who can consistently win a one-on-one battle. They just don't have a lot of talent at the most skilled positions. On the other hand, Brady doesn't have the most talent as well either. Gronk has been basically hurt all season. He's played But anybody that's watched him, you can tell he's not 100%. Edelman in and out of the lineup. What I know for certain is week in and week out, the Patriots are the very best in the NFL at plugging in the next guy. And it's no secret and no shock. Once again, they are owning the AFC East at 7-2. They've put themselves in a position to have home field throughout the playoffs once again. When I look at the Packers and the way they're trending at three, four and one, they've put themselves in a position to get a very good draft pick in the next draft. Most fans of the NBA love the game. They just love the game of basketball. But at this level, you don't just love the game. You love the incredible athleticism, the talent, the star power, the pace of the game. You love it all. But if you love it all, it also means you love that other element, the drama, that TMZ side of the the NBA. When you look at that, when you look at what's going on in Minnesota with Jimmy Butler and the Timberwolves, where Jimmy Butler has sat out two of the last three games, it's clear what Butler is doing. He's pulling a power move, trying to force Tom Thibodeau's hand. And I think if Tom Thibodeau doesn't make a true effort to move Jimmy Butler soon, he's going to find himself unemployed. This situation seems to have gone on too long, and you can tell that owner Glenn Taylor is growing impatient. It's not good for the franchise in general 
when your best player has made it clear he doesn't want to be there and he has he wants nothing to do with your two younger, talented players. If they're going to go forward, if they're going to make an effort to build around this young core, they're going to have to move Jimmy Butler soon. And I think if Tom Thibodeau doesn't do that, he's going to get moved soon. So if we're talking drama, because the NBA does have its share of drama, Magic Johnson meets with Luke Walton. He lets Luke Walton know in no uncertain terms he is unhappy with the slow start in the season. He's unhappy with the Lakers struggle and that he wants Luke to step it up. Not a threat, not saying his job is on the line, but he is implying that he'll be even less happier if they continue to struggle. Now, we all know that Luke Walton has pressure on him as the coach of the Lakers. Basically, anybody who has LeBron James on your team, you've got some kind of pressure. And there's some form of drama that comes with coaching LeBron James. As great a player as he is, and he is great, there is an element of drama slash TMZ that comes with LeBron. I'm not shocked that the Lakers are struggling early. I'm just shocked that so early into the season, nine games into the season, Luke Walton's job might be on the line. That's insane to me. And what happens after the talk with Magic? The Lakers go out and get one of their best wins of the season over the Portland Trailblazers, who were a playoff team last season. On a back-to-back, even though they were at home, they go up against the Toronto Raptors. And they lose 121 to 107. And trust me when I say it was never that close. At the end of the first quarter, the Lakers had given up 42 points. They trailed 42 to 17 at the end of the first quarter. Game over. When you lose the turnover battle, you're in trouble. When you lose the rebounding battle, you're in trouble. When you can't get stops, you're in trouble. When you do all those things, plus as a team, you shoot 25% from three, you're not just in trouble, you've lost. What's even more disappointing as a basketball fan and as a Laker fan, that happened without Kawhi Leonard. The Raptors were able to destroy the Lakers without their best player. And in doing so, The Lakers managed to make Serge Ibaka look like an MVP candidate. He was 15 for 17, 34 points, 10 rebounds. Nobody guarded that man. Second year player, Pascal Sykem. He went for 16, 8 of 14, 13 rebounds. Where is the defense? I'm looking at Kyle Lowry, who's been a solid and very good pro over the course of his career, four-time All-Star. But for most of his career, he's a guy that averages around six or seven assists a game. But I'm going to give credit where credit is due. At least the first 10 games of this season, he's been a much better facilitator. And last night, he just shredded the Lakers' defense. 21 points, 15 assists. He didn't shoot well. He was only 8 of 19, but he had to everywhere he wanted to, and everybody he passed to was wide open. 
You can have all the offensive talent in the world. If you offer no resistance on defense, you're going to lose. And I don't get caught up in just numbers. Like I said before, if your best player doesn't compete on defense, the other guys are going to follow his effort. I don't think the Lakers season is over. I don't get caught up in all the turmoil as a fan of the NBA. But what I will say is on their current pace, the way they're trending right now, they're 500 team. Which makes the possible signing, or at least the rumored signing of Tyson Chandler, a smart move. I think it's a great move for both the Lakers and for Tyson Chandler. And I get it. Tyson Chandler's 36 years old. So if anybody's expecting Tyson Chandler from the 2010-2011 Mavericks or the Defensive Player of the Year, Tyson Chandler, then that's not going to happen. He's not that guy. But what I will say is, in spot minutes, I think Tyson Chandler can still be impactful. Because ultimately, even though he's older than JaVale McGee, Tyson Chandler has one of the highest basketball IQs in the NBA. He's still a better defender than JaVale McGee. And he's a better passer than JaVale McGee. I think that Tyson Chandler in spot minutes can give the Lakers second unit and their defense overall a much needed boost. Monday, so we're doing some Facebook Q&A and responses. I'll get right to it. Dash said, I thought Magic said it was going to take some time. Guess that changed fast. Yeah, I I think it changed pretty fast, too. I think Magic Johnson is impatient. I think he looks at his roster, the roster that he and Rob Polinka put together, and Magic believes they should be better than what they are. What I'll say is this. They have enough talent to score on anybody offensively, even though they're not a three-point shooting team. But they don't compete on defense, and that is the team that Magic put together. I think that once they compete on defense, and it starts with their best player, They're going to be a better team. I'm not sure why Luke Walton is fielding all the pressure. He's the coach, but LeBron is the coach on the floor, and he's the best player in the game. You should expect more from your leader. Manny says, trade everybody, not name LeBron. They're all straight garbage. Manny, all due respect, I disagree. Yes, there's not a second legitimate all-star on the roster, but there is talent on the roster. And there is enough talent that this Laker team should be able to make the playoffs. Kev says, who knew the Kings would make the playoffs while the Lakers end up in the lottery? (laughs) I can understand where you're coming from, Kev. If you're a Kings fan, you have every right to be excited, to be bragging, to be hopeful of the future. Like I said in the last show, I'm impressed with what I've seen from their young core. And even though they lost the other night, I think what they're doing in terms of improving, because I don't want to mince words, I think the improvement is going to continue. I think it's real. In terms of them actually making the playoffs, I don't think that's real. Show says, true NBA fans knew the Lakers weren't making the playoffs. No offense, Mo. All right, show, offense taken. I'm a true NBA fan, and I think the Lakers are going to make the playoffs. Obviously, I said it in the offseason. I said it before the season. I'm saying it right now when they're four and five. And I'm sticking to what I said originally. They're going to be a four or five seed before it's all said and done. 
and me and you are going to revisit this conversation and you're going to be like, Mo, you're a true NBA fan, which you should already know because I know ball. Reed says, who is LeBron guarding? Nobody. Right now, LeBron is missing on assignments and it looks like he's just not competing hard enough on defense. I know that most nights he tries to guard the weakest option on offense, and he's still not doing that good a, a, a job on that side of the ball. I'm not putting this all on him. It's a team thing. It's a collective. A lot of people look at numbers and go, well, JaVale McGee leaves the NBA and block shots. That is a factual statement. It's also true if you look at how he's rated in individual defense, he's rated like 106. And what that tells you is he's getting a lot of blocks, but he's getting them in bunches. But in the the big moments of a game, the meat of a game, money time, when you need to get stops or just in straight up defense, when JaVale McGee is guarding a Nurkic or he's guarding a Djokovic or even when he's guarding Sergi Baca, one on one, not a very good defender. It's just a real thing. I think Tyson Chandler was even at 36 will be an upgrade. So that's why the Chandler move, if it becomes a reality, is going to have a positive effect on the overall impact of the team defensively. Lou says, once again, Brady shows why he's the GOAT. I'm not sure that was one of his greatest performances, but ultimately they did win the game. And Brady and the Pats did win, and Rodgers and company didn't do enough to win. So I'm going to give him credit. I think he outplayed Rodgers, but I don't think it was like one of his greatest performances. Raptor guy says, Mo, you have to admit, Lowry is playing at another level. I will. I think I already did once earlier in the show. I think Kyle Lowry is being a facilitator at a level that I've never seen him play point guard at. I think right now, when I watch him play the way he's playing now, I think he's an all-star. And before, I just thought he was an all-star by default because he was in the East. I think Kyle Lowry has stepped his game up. I think because they're playing at a faster pace, it suits him. And maybe the addition of Kawhi has freed him up to do that. So I'm loving what he's doing so far early in the season on both ends of the floor. Benji says, Luke Walton is LeBron James' scapegoat. I think that when you're the coach of the best player in basketball, when things go wrong, people don't look to that player, especially if he's still putting up numbers. They look to you. They look to see if you're a leader. I don't want to use George Jefferson's line, a leader of men, but more or less, that is what they're looking at. Is Luke actually leading the Lakers or has he just got a really good seat on the bench? I'm not sure. But what I will say is this. I think even though Magic brought him in and yelled at him and came at him, I think ultimately Luke's going to get some time. I don't think Luke's getting fired this season. I think Luke Walton will be the coach of the Lakers throughout this season. Facebook fam, YouTube fam, good looking out. We're off and running on a Monday. I'm trying to catch up. I am catching up, actually. I'll be back on Tuesday. The Rev told me he's going to call in on Tuesday, and we're going to do a little bit of back and forth about the NFL on Tuesday with him. Thanks for all the love. More importantly, thanks for all the responses and all the questions. You guys keep me thinking and that's fun. I love the connection. So good looking out. I'll see you back on Tuesday. I'm going to hit y'all with this.
This is a bonus question, guys. This comes from my guy, Big Mike, from YouTube. Mike asks, hey, Mo, have you guys ever thought of doing an all-time great one-on-one -on -one tournament with players from all the different eras? And Mike, real quick, yes, we have, fam. We're actually trying to put together brackets right now. So I guess we're on the same page in this. Just the, And this is off the top of the dome. I'm thinking of matchups and brackets with LeBron, T-Mac, Bird, Vince Carter, another one with Kobe, um, Durant, Jordan, Mello, another one for the little men representing the little men. They, they can come out of that bracket. Iverson, Zeke, Steph, Dame Lillard, even KJ, Kevin Johnson. How about Doc, the big O? Dominique Wilkins, James Harden, the beard, even going up against his teammate, CP3, or a guy like Adrian Dantley or Alex English. Yes, we have thought about this, and we're actually putting those brackets together. We haven't finalized that yet, but as soon as we do, we're going to announce who's in it, and we're going to announce the brackets, and we're going to let you, the Facebook fam, the YouTube fam, and everybody else that listens make the final decisions on who comes out of those brackets. It's the cipher next time.